Hi guys, welcome to church this morning. I'm glad to see all these faces and some new faces too. Welcome to our church. Um, we are going to begin with uh, a little bit of worship before we go into our message. We should worship God all the time, every day, every minute. Um, so before we do that, why don't we all pray in so everyone bow their heads. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing all of us here, God, safely and soundly. If no one's here, God, if we just lift them up um, in prayer, God, that they be all right and that whatever is happening is fine, God. Uh, please bless this time of worship and let us all sing for you um, with all of ourselves, God. Just we give us up to you, God. We love you and praise. We thank you for all that you do. And amen. Worthy is the 
the king who conquered the grave Worthy is the lamb who was slain What, what, worthy Oh, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my Welcome to Chapel Grace. Um, I just wanted to go over a few quick announcements. Um, and first of all, we have these connect cards in the front of the pews there. If it's your first time, um, we'd love to have you fill one of these out. Bring it to us back at the welcome table. We'd love to give you a little gift and just say welcome. We're so glad you're here. Um, or maybe you make a decision today in the service. You can, um, again, fill this out. Um, you can either bring it to the welcome table or drop it in the tithes and offering box there in the back. Um, but we would love to just, you know, know what's going on and know how we can help and welcome you if it's your first time. Um, and then, so I also, I want to let you guys know Growth Track. Um, we just finished up another series. So we're starting again um, next Sunday at 10 a.m. with 101 again. Um, so if you haven't done that or you're interested or you're new and you just want to know more about what we believe and why we believe it, um, it's, it it's a great way to get to know that um, as well as it's part of our membership process. So um, that will be next Sunday at 10 a.m. Um, for 101. And then also I wanted to let you guys know that our new app, it is up and running. Um, it's through Church Center. And you can see all the events that are coming up. You can register for events. Um, you can take a look at all the different small groups that we have. Um, it's, everything's right there in one place. Um, and if you have um, any questions or you need help with that, you can see Axiel. Um, he's usually in the Grace Kids doing check-in, but um, he would love to help you with that. He's our little techie guru guy right now. So um, <laughs> I'm like, I can't figure it out here, Axiel. Um, and then I want to remind you tonight at six o'clock, um, we have our fifth Sunday sing. So it's going to be right here. Um, it's just when all the different churches come together um, for a time of worship. So we would love to have you here at six o'clock. Um, and then on March uh, 10th through the 12th, don't forget, is our men's retreat um, that's coming up. It is at Heartland Christian Camp. Um, the total cost is $279 for the weekend, um, and $40 can hold your spot for that. Um, but make sure you see one of us. You can see Vandis, um, or you could ask Misty or Pastor Bruce, um, just if you have any questions on that. But we'd love to have the men go out and have a fun time, right? They deserve it. Um, 
And then April 28th through the 30th is our weekend to remember. It's a couples retreat for married couples. Um, and you can register by March 20th for $50 off your registration. It was half price, but that ended. So now you still get $50 off. So make sure you do that. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's all I have. But we have another baptism today. So go ahead and enjoy. to start doing things a little differently today so we had him just stand here with me I had to stop him from baptizing himself quite a few times <laughs> so he's to say the least he's uh he's ready for this I think when you say Maverick this is Maverick everybody say hi to Maverick you want to say hi back hi. <laughs> so I have to ask you two questions okay the first one is have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior yes and the second is just as equally important are you going to live for him for the rest of your life Amen. That's right. So let's go ahead and do the baptism. Ready? Okay, I baptize you, my son, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing the likeness of his. Praise the walking newness of life. Sorry. You good? You're a little wet. You got a little wet. Okay, you good. You can go now. We're not gonna swim anymore today. At least he didn't do the he didn't do a cannonball. That's happened before, to be honest with you. So I just want to tell you guys, thanks for being here. Uh, today we've got some incredible things happening. We're going to talk about something. I'm not going to give it away yet till I get in there. But the one thing I didn't mention, I didn't tell Kelly to mention, was for the men's retreat we have a fundraiser for guys who need to get help to go because it's you know pretty pricey. And so February 22nd, and we'll have it on the bulletin and everything next week. February 27th, 22nd will be that barbecue. It's Wednesday. And so uh, we're gonna. That's so people can get help if they need to go. Guys can get help if they need need help or whatever. And then, uh, so I just want to make sure I told you guys about that. Reminded the men all about that. Okay. All right. Have a good after. Got a good morning. But I'm gonna pray before we go because I forgot I'm not down there. It's just everything's a little different when we're up here. So let's pray and uh, go to that. Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this baptism we just had. What a, what a pleasure. What a great thing to see. And Father, I thank you for Maverick's decision to follow you. And God, I pray that his decision and his choices or whatever uh, would influence somebody else. They would see that this is very important. And so, Father, if there's anyone in here today that has not been baptized, I pray that you would talk to them with their spirit and kind of show them what they need to do. And God, I just pray that you'd be with each and every part of this service today. Lord, I pray that you'd remove me and make me more like you today, God. Lord, I, I pray, Father, that... Uh, you would take anything out of my message that I'm not supposed to say and put in exactly what you want, God. So empty me of myself and fill me with you, God. And I pray the same for this congregation. And I pray for all those who are not well today, who couldn't make it into church for whatever reason. God, keep them all safe and bring them back to us safely. And Lord, we just trust you and place this entire service in your hands. And it's in Jesus' name I pray and we all say, Amen. Amen. All right, take her away, gang. You guys can stand for worship. Um, the chorus of this next song, More Like Jesus, uh, it reads, if more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need, take everything. 
And in this next song, let's just empty us of ourselves and let God fill us and uh, let worship happen. Yeah. sing together you came to the world you came to the world you created trading your crown for a cross you willingly died your innocent life paid the cost counting your status as nothing the king of all kings came to serve Washing my feet, covering me with your love. Sing together if more of you. If more of you means less of me, take everything. Yes, all of you is all I need, take
Let's sing together. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Sing that together as a church again. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you.
gracious to you, Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's sing that together as a church God. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. All right, now you can hear me. Yeah, that's much better. Now I'm probably too loud. So, yeah, whenever I do baptisms, this kind of takes me off my routine, you know? How about you guys? Anytime you're doing something that's routine, you kind of get thrown off a little bit by doing something different? Anybody, am I the only one like that? I can't believe if I am, though, because I know that there's a lot of people that you do certain things, and whenever you do them, they kind of like, oh, wait a minute. So, but today is something that I want to talk about, very, very important. Um, it's, a, it's one of the topics that I don't preach on a lot. I don't preach on this a lot, but it's the, the coming of, of Jesus, the second coming of Jesus. Um, and it's probably not the way some people might think it, I'm going to talk about it, but it's very important that we understand it, at least in the, the way I'm going to talk about it, because um, if we think he's coming back, which the Bible says he is, then we need to be ready. And if we're going to be ready, we need to be ready all the time because we don't know when it's going to happen. So... We're going to talk about that God can show up in any situation, at any time, at any place. Uh, and so I know I already prayed, but I'm going to ask the Lord to be with me, and I'm going to ask him to be with you as we pray before we start this service again this morning. And uh, I just, first of all, did you guys like at baptism? That's pretty cool. The Mavericks finally did it. I think that's the only time I've seen him a little bit shy is that time. So, All right, so let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, actually getting all of us here in this place. Lord, I pray for everybody, uh, as I said, that aren't here today or, or whatever, God, that you be with them and pray for those who are listening online, watching online, and for everybody in this place. God, there's a few people on my heart, God, that uh, you know who they are and you know what's going on, that you'd be with them, Father, and that you would help them, uh, heal them, and all of that. And uh, Lord, our, our, our world is really messed up, and we need you. We need you now probably more than ever. And so, Father, I pray that you would fill us with you, Lord, so we empty of us ourselves and be filled with you, God, so the very words that we hear today won't be coming from me, they'll be coming from your Holy Spirit. God, Lord, I, I love you so much. And I do this for you and only for you. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and we all say amen. So as I said, my teaching is going to be uh, about, uh, I titled it, when, he's, when, when He is Least Expected. Because the Bible's very clear that we don't know the day or time. Um, it gives us some, some, simple, some ideas of maybe understanding maybe before this, but it doesn't give us dates, nothing like that. And so our passage comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It's going to be in Matthew chapter 24, so you're going to have to open your Bibles today because it's not on, it's not on the screen, no. It'll be on the screen maybe eventually. But Matthew chapter 24, 
beginning in verse 36. So again, I'll say Matthew 24, first book of the New Testament. 24 is the 24th uh, chapter, starting in verse 36. And this talks about something that's very important. It comes from, from something that Jesus was asked by his disciples. He was asked, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus gives them a reply. Now, this reply is just part of what he said. He said some things before this, too. So this is just a partial response, but it's a very important one. And this is what he says to them. because, And I think it's a very important thing for all of us today because I know a lot of people who are out there and they just they focus on... Um, they focus more on when he's going to come back than right now. And, and they tend to forget that, you know, we're living right now. We're in it. We're supposed to be living it right now. And it takes over the world. Some people, are, some people are very afraid of this whole topic about Jesus coming back. It's called the rapture, in case you haven't. Well, we call it the rapture. Taking, it's taking up. And it's a very, very uh, big part of, of our faith. It's something that we understand just like he was raptured and rose, risen to heaven. We're going to go and be with him just like that. Just like he he went up. He's going to come and get us. So, verse 20, sorry, verse 24, I'm sorry, verse 36, I haven't looked at the title. 24, verse 36 says this. But about the day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. From the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what, was, what would happen until the flood came and took them away. And that is how it will be at the, coming, at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on you do not know on what day your Lord will come, but understand this: if the owner of the house had known at what time this night of night the thief would be coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Has anybody ever read that before? Uh, that's a very popular thing. I mean, a lot of people talked about it. Um, but there's a couple aspects that go along with this. There's a couple of things that uh, I still feel like I'm super loud, am I? Um, the first, th there's two aspects. And I'm going to begin with the first aspect, which is end time theology. Um, this is one that's really got a lot of people messed up. There's some, so many different ideologies or thoughts about this and studies that some people think about different ways about the rapture. Some people think it's not even going to happen. Some people think it's already happened. Some people just... Well, it's just a lot of different things and a lot of different aspects of it. But the biggest aspect is I just want to talk about, let's just look at what Jesus said because we don't know the day of the time. We don't know it. And so if we're focused on that, we'll miss out on all kinds of other stuff. Um, and second of all, I don't have the entirety to preach about all the theology, but I can talk about that some other time. If you have questions about that, I'd be glad to talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. Because it's one of those things that's very confusing. But anyway, the, the two aspects of this marriage, the first is end-time theology, the rapture, and the fact that Jesus is coming back someday. You see, he, uh, he came the first time, right, uh, and was born of a virgin, and then he rose to God, rose to heaven physically after he was crucified and rose from the dead. 
And it says that Jesus is going to come back in that same way. He's going to come back from the sky. But it's going to be an announcement. It'll be a trump that will sound and all kinds of stuff. But Jesus begins this by saying, no one knows when the Son of Man will come. Nobody knows this. They have no idea when this is going to happen, except one person. or one. And you guys know who that is? God himself, God the Father. You see, we're dealing with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in this, in this context here. But this is talking about God the Father is the only one. I know that's kind of trippy, isn't it? How can, how can those three, only two of them, only one know and the two don't know? That's kind of weird, huh? But that's how it was, and that's how it is. And I don't think it's because Jesus would be tempted to say, okay, this is the date. I just think it's the way the Father shows his authority. And so they ask him, what will the sign be of your coming? And, they, and he says that to him. Just before that verse, I mean, just before that section, he talks about that the Son of Man will appear in the sky and the nations on earth of all the earth will mourn. And there's a lot that's going to happen when that all goes down. And it's not going to be a happy time for those who are left behind. No, no pun intended. But it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a very, very difficult time if you don't, uh, don't go. So anyway, Jesus says that. And he says, right off the bat, he gives us a clue of the level of concern and care that goes along with this. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting to see that Jesus refers to, the God, to God as the Father in this one, in this instance. And I know that there's other things that talk about it, but, you know, it's, this, this is like no other name. So it's the most higher God Almighty. In other words, he is supreme authority. And he's the one who, who does everything. So God is involved in the things to come as the Father and as Abba, as the one who loves us deeply and protects us. So when you think about your dad, your, 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 your personal dad or whatever, somebody that your father figure if you have one of those in your life or had one of those in your life, you look at them as someone who deeply cares about you. At least they're supposed to. And they look for your better interest. They want to take, every, take care of you. They want to protect you and all of that. And that's how we look at God the Father. As, as a person who loves us, as a father who loves us, and a father who wants to take care of us. But then, you know, he, Jesus jumps from that, and he goes right into the flood, Noah and the flood. Now, Noah and the flood is interesting because this is almost the same kind of thing. Only Noah knew the flood was coming, but Noah didn't know when it was coming. God sealed him up in that. Uh, God took care of that, I mean, and God's the one who told him to get in and it start, would start to rain. But, you know, all the people that were there, Noah was telling everybody he could about what's going to happen. And we don't have a lot of dialogue in the Bible about what people said back to him. You can only imagine what they would say. Are you crazy? Kind of like they would say to us today. Are you nuts? What are you, what are you crazy? That's, that's, that's just wacko out there. How can you even think stuff like that? Christianity, what? And so it's, it kind of goes along with what, what Noah would do. But the Bible says that the evil was, I mean, the world was continually evil. And God saw that and saw that he needed to take, take it and start over in a sense with Noah and his family. And I think the important thing is, the, different, the difference here is the flood, with the flood is Noah was the only one warning them. Uh, and he didn't know, like I said, he didn't know either when it was going to happen, but that God was sending the flood. And today we're tasked with living in this world so, kind of like Noah was doing. And so there are ways people, more people, in a way there are more people that can hear about this than just Noah, that Noah could say. Noah was only one man. However, we are many. And we should be telling everybody we're in contact with about this, warning them, hey, this is going to happen. And you don't need to go through the bad stuff. You can, you can go and be with Jesus, and you don't have to deal with all of that other stuff. So we're tasked with telling people that. 
and living out our lives as though we believe it. You know, Christ is coming soon. And I wonder, how many of us believe that or, or live like that? Because I'll, I'll, I'll admit to you, I don't think I do sometimes. Matter of fact, I find myself sitting there and I'm thinking about the loved ones or maybe I'm getting ready to do a funeral. And I go, oh my gosh, I'm going to die someday. Because I, I don't think about dying every day. It's just not something I do. Um, but someday I will. And that day, if I die before Jesus comes back, then I get to, then I get to be with him up there. It's a bonus, I guess, that's the way I'd look at it. But there's going to be some people who are going to be risen from the dead. And it says, it says that those who are, are dead first, they're going to join with their bodies. And then they're going to go up first. And then it's going to be fast, though. And then those who remain will be caught up together also. Now, that's, that's kind of a hard thing to understand. And it's only something God could do. Right? Can you make people rise to the air? I know we see magicians out there going, whoa, make people like levitate or it looks like they're levitating or whatever. But we really can't do that. That's, that's just kind of like a, you know, to fool you, to make you think it's happening. But with Jesus... He really can't do it. God is the, is the most amazing, amazing, amazing thing, amazing person. And because we know what we know, that Jesus is going to return, we should be the ones telling everyone about that, just like Noah told, was probably telling everybody at the flood, just before the flood. Now, they had a big boat to look at. They, they probably made even way more fun. He's like, you're in the middle of a desert. What are you doing? Or, There's no water like that for that big old thing. Just think about it. And I want you to think about this. As a believer in Christ, Jesus is the one who says when it's going to happen. He says that there'll be, uh, there'll be a time when it happens. I was, uh, I've shared this before, I was very new in my faith. I had just received Jesus and I was driving. I don't know where we were at, Kelly, but we were in your dad's car, in one of those old cars. And he had a, a radio station on it, it was a Christian radio station. And the guy was preaching or talking about something. And then they came in and they said, this guy, is. they talked about, I don't even know how it came about, but they said that the Lord is coming back on this day. This, they were naming a certain day. I believe it was, uh, it was 2000 and, no, not 2000, uh, 1988, I think it was. I just remember the time of it happening. I remember hearing the guy saying, this is going to happen. And it scared me. Because I'm brand new, by the way. I don't know anything about any of that stuff. And I'm like, what do you mean he's going to come and get us? We're going to disappear. You know, what, what does that mean? And then I started thinking about everybody else, and I started thinking, this is scary. You ever get so scared that your heart goes into your throat? You ever had that happen? I mean, that literally going in your throat, but you feel like it is. I got, I got that scared. And thankfully, I had Kelly there, and I had her mom there, and, and uh, they, they, they were able to tell me. But this person back then said, it's going to be on this day, on this time, and this, this, this year, whatever. But Jesus said, it's not for me to know, and I don't, it's only for the Father to know. So, so people, were going about, people were going about their everyday life when the flood happened. People are going about their everyday life right now. They're just going through life, and we are included, not thinking about any of this stuff. But we should be. We should be thinking about the importance of why we need to tell people about Jesus. First of all, I've, I've learned very recently, or actually throughout my life, that life is temporary. It's fragile. We, we have no clue when our life physically is going to end on this planet. And because of that, and because of that, it causes us to think a little bit more sometimes about our mortality, I guess, or you know, the fact that we are going to die. 
But there is a time, and, and so it's, it's important that we share Jesus with people before they pass, because the Bible says if they don't receive him during that time, before they, before they die, then they don't have a chance after that. But we have a chance to tell people that this is going to happen, and we have a chance to inform people of something that we have. I don't know if you understand it, but it says two men will be working in the field. One will be taken and the other left. I hope, I hope and pray that I can be, I know I'll be that person that's going to be, not be left. But I thought, I used to think about my mom and my dad and my family and my friends. I, went, I don't want them to be the ones standing next to me and be left. That, that, that horrified me. I just, it's just one of those things that really got me thinking about it a whole lot. And he says, two women will be working with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. That's in verse 24, 41. It's interesting because the ones taken away are compared to the ones swept by the flood. It's an interesting topic. The implication is that the ones that are taken are the ones who suffer, not the ones who remain. But that's not true. The ones who remain are going to be in suffering. And the, Son of, and the Son of Man is going to come when we least expect Him. As I said, we're going to be living out our life. We're going to be doing whatever we need to do, whatever we do every day, paying our normal bills, going to work, uh, going to watch the, Saint, the 49ers win the game today, uh, all of those things. I snuck that in. Did you hear that? Yeah. Um, anyway, watching all of this stuff happen, going all around us, and we get so consumed with it that we forget why we even exist. We exist to tell others about the Lord. That's our calling. That's what we're all called to do. And everybody's different. Everybody does it differently. Everyone has a, a different, I don't know, a different way about doing it. Some people are very, very comfortable just walking right up to somebody and just saying, blah, you know? Other people just kind of wait for a while and they kind of get to know somebody. And other people just kind of go, can I give you this piece of paper? Right? And hold it, they don't throw it back in your face or whatever. There's so many ways we can tell people about Jesus in a sense, but there's only one way that we can know Jesus. There's only one way that we can be with God, God the Father again. I have no idea why this topic riles me up so much, but it always has. And I think the thing about it is the expectancy is that just not knowing, not knowing when it's going to happen. But I think if I knew it was going to happen, Kelly, I think if I knew when it was happening, I'd probably be like, Oh, man, so i got to go do something else because it's, it's going to happen tomorrow, so I better party up today or something like that. Who knows, right? I don't know if I would be like that. but I think I would, I'm would. i a worry wart anyway, so if I knew the date and time, I'd probably be looking at it every, the calendar every day and marking it off. Oh, he's coming back this day, you know? But that's not how we're supposed to act. See, because Jesus offers us zero details and zero timelines about when it's going to happen. He gives us some topics before that, like, he says here, immediately after the stress of those days, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. He says at that time, the Son of Man will appear in the sky. And he's, that's just before this. But he's saying, he's giving them some ideas, and he said there's going to be certain things happen. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars and different things. But how many wars have you guys heard of since you've been on this planet Earth? How many? Too many. We weren't alive for World War I and World War II, but I guarantee you they probably thought, oh my goodness, the world's coming to an end with this. Right? And... and all the other ones, and we're, we're always in threat of a new war, aren't we? Something new that might come and something that might happen. And so we can't go and say, well, this war is happening, so definitely Jesus is coming back right now at the end of this war, whatever. We can't do that. But what we can do is go, Jesus is coming back, and I'm going to live like it. 
You know, our, our minds, it's, it's just something that our minds can't handle, I think. But it's clear that the timeline, timeline is not for us to know. And so let's not get caught up in this whole thing of, you know, needing to know the end, end time. I think it's important that we study it, and I think it's important that we look at it, but some people go overboard on it. And they just kind of, that's all they focus on is about the end times, about when he's coming back and blah, blah, blah. And they don't focus on the here and now. We need to focus on the here and now. Because this is the day I'm with you. This is the day you're with me. This is the day I get to talk to you, maybe before you go, before or whatever. So we need to focus on the day, where we are, the moment, what we're doing right now. And I don't think that humans are very good at that. I don't think we like to think like that. Some do, but some don't. And so he's going to come when he's least expected. And so it's important for us to know some kind of idea. If it was, if it was um, important for us to know the timeline, don't you think Jesus would have told us? You guys are quiet today. But don't you think he would have told us? If it was important for us to know the date and time, he would have definitely said when it was going to happen. But he didn't. So it's not important for us to know the date and time. It's important to know that it's going to happen. Does that make sense to you guys? And so what Jesus does tell us, instead of a timeline, he says, keep watch. Your Lord will come when you do not expect him. Verse 42, 24, 42. It's another clue about this whole thing, um, about how the Godhead is involved in this whole thing. Jesus talked about the Father, and now he's referring to your Lord. See, the word is not formal way of saying Mr., like Mr. Jesus. The word Lord, when he talks about, and put that Lord Jesus, means authority, absolute authority. So when we look to Jesus, we go, Lord, Jesus, you're my Lord. That means I give you everything in my life. You have absolute authority over everything I say and do. Boy, that's a tall one, isn't it? But that's what he means here. So another important thing about it is that, is, is that we know that we need to follow Jesus in the way he did things. And see, this absolute authority in our life, I think, is something that gets missed. Um, I think it's why maybe people earlier than this and early Christians, they said Jesus is Lord because only Caesar was Lord and they thought they might get in trouble. But I think that they still said it. Do you know how many people were taken and killed because they wouldn't put up, they wouldn't stop? I wonder, um, I talk, our world's messed up, isn't it? And there's people, we talk about, oh, well, people aren't dying for the cross yet, for, the, for, the, for Jesus there are people in this world right now dying for Jesus. There are people around this, this world that, that are risking their lives. If you don't believe that, then maybe you need to read a little bit about the in China, where it's illegal to, to have this kind of stuff involved in your life, and if they find you, they're going to arrest you and maybe worse. We don't have to worry about somebody coming in and arresting us at this moment. Somebody's not going to come charging in here and arrest every one of us and tell us that we're bad. Even if that was a threat of that, I think we would still do it. We'd have to. But it's out there. And so we look at Jesus, and that's why it's important that we look at Jesus as Lord, as having authority, completely, complete authority in our life. And so whatever happens, the future, this is what I like a lot, whatever happens, the future is in God's loving hands, not mine. I can't control what's going to happen in the future. I can't, there's a lot of things I can't control. The things I can control is what I'm going to do right now what I'm going to say right now, where I'm going to go maybe after this. Well, I don't even know if I can do that because who knows what's going to happen between now and lunchtime. Yeah, only God knows. 
Uh, so I think it's important that that's where I want to get that we understand because he has absolute authority and because he is the one. We just need to go, I give it to you, God. And now, you know, I don't know if, if, uh, if you have a hard time with that, but I, I like being able to just leave it in God's hands. And I, I'll just, and I like to leave my life in his hands. Sometimes I don't do it completely good, well, but I try to. And so whatever happens, the future's in his hands. And I want, you to say, I want you to know, this is good news. It's good news that it's in his hands. Do you agree with that? Who's, who else is saying, would you want to have it in your hands to take care of it? No way. But it's good. And I think it's interesting here, we're going to move to the next point here, is, is that he, he, he kind of looks at it and says, kind of compares it to, I guess, being a thief. You know, uh, so I wrote, is Jesus a thief? You know, because it talks about if you're going to get ready for that. It's interesting that he compares himself to a thief who breaks in. On one level, it makes absolutely no sense. You know, in the gospel, Jesus said, um, the thief comes only to steal, kill, I always say steal, it sounds like I'm saying metal steal, steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. So that's in John 10, 10. John 10, 10 tells us about how the thief comes only to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, when he comes back, he's going to give us life. So I think what it means is he's just trying to tell us that there, he's not saying he's a thief. I've heard people say stuff like that before, but he's not a thief. He's trying to say, look, when I, I've got you covered. It's, let's, let's put it like this. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says that Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. How many thieves do you know knock on the door? I, I don't know of any. I mean, maybe they, that's their plan. Maybe they're going to rush you, but that's not normal, is it? And usually thieves, when do they usually do the, when do they usually do the action? Usually at night. Why is that? Because darkness hides you. Hides the bad things you think that you're doing. Right? That doesn't mean it won't happen during the day, because it has, obviously. But for the most time, you think it's at night, and Jesus said, Jesus knocks at the door, right? He's knocking at the door, not breaking and entering. And we, that's how we can reconcile that. That's how we can look at it and say, he is light. He is light. And he's going to come and light everything up for us. You see, we reconcile this who is pure light because in Jesus, there is no darkness whatsoever. None. So with a thief, pretty much darkness. With Jesus, no way. And so with this idea of Jesus comparing himself to a Christian, I don't think that's what he was doing. He's just trying to say, look, it could happen at any moment. It could happen at any moment. He's trying to reiterate that. And if Jesus says that more than once or has the idea of it more than once, don't you think we should listen? I think we should. So here's thought. Jesus stands at the door and knocks, but if the house is on fire and someone's trapped inside, he stops knocking and kicks the door in to save us. Right? We can't keep him outside forever. Some people do, though. And, you know, it's just like, just like when the thief comes. We don't know what's going to happen. So Jesus knocks. The thief just goes in. The second part, the second uh, aspect of this is, and this is something that I thought about a lot, God can show up in any situation at any moment. At any situation at any moment. See, because God works on his timing, not ours. God 
God decides what's going to happen in his way. God is the one who ultimately controls all things, who ultimately is the person that knows what's going to happen. He literally knows what's going to happen in the next five minutes. I don't. I know what I want to happen. I want to see people come, oh, man, I want Jesus and all of that. But you know, probably some people are sitting here, right, instead of thinking that, they're thinking, well, what, what am I going to have for lunch today? Because it's almost 12 o'clock and we're getting hungry. Or they're like, hurry up, Pastor, the game's going to start. You see, God can show up in anyone's life at any moment, so we need to be ready and be alert. I think this is good news. Don't you agree with that? This is good news. Great news, in fact. And so God works in his own timing. God shows up when we least expect it. <clears throat> Excuse me. God shows up when we least expect it. And we're often caught off guard, huh? God shows up when we don't know it's coming. We're going about our daily life. And we're often, I'm talking about he does something, he just shows up in your life. Not just that he's coming back, but he shows up in your life. You don't even expect it to happen. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen to you? All of a sudden, God showed up. All of a sudden, and there, bang, he's right there. And um, there's no other way to, to say it. I know people that are dear friends of mine, when God showed up in their life, two people now that were on hospice, and now they're not. That's not normal, you guys. When you go to hospice, that usually means that's the end. I know uh, a man that I used to fish with, well, Mike brought... Mike's a really good friend, but I got to know him. His name is Tim. He was actually in hospice. They had the bed in his house, and he was supposed to die because he had cancer. And then guess what happened? His cancer went away because God showed up. And God said, you're not done. And now you know what he does today? He's a pastor now. Yeah. Um, he still fights. He still gets illnesses and things going on. But God said, no, it's not your time yet, even though they said it's supposed to be your time. The other one is Joe Creel. Joe hasn't been able to come into church because he's been, you know, he's not been really, really, really great. He's got some things happening, and I don't know how long it was. It feels like it was just yesterday when I got the call that Joe, he's going to be in hospice, and that he's they're bringing him to bed, and blah, blah, blah. And So I went, I went over there and was praying with him, and he seemed like he wasn't even with it until all of a sudden one time he goes, I know who you are to me, but he hadn't been talking. He hadn't been doing much. He had stopped eating. He had stopped drinking and doing all of those things. And so, yeah, he's definitely not going to make it. So I, I go home after that day, and I'm checking in with, uh, with their family a lot. And all of a sudden, they said he, stood, he could stand up. He wanted to get help standing up. All of a sudden, he started eating some food. Joe Creel is not on hospice anymore. This was several months ago. He's, he's not on hospice because God showed up. And that's the thing. He shows up when we least expect it. Maybe we wanted it. He doesn't always show up then either. You know, when we want it, he shows up when he wants to. So he works in his, his timing. He shows up when we're, when we're doing something. He showed up for Paul on his way to Damascus. Paul was in Acts that talks about the Apostle Paul who was committing Christians to death sending them to jail. He was on the way to Damascus to, to take the Christians and go after them and, and get them and threaten them or whatever else, and they knew he was coming. He was going to kill more followers of Jesus when suddenly a bright light shone around him, and he encounters the risen Christ. That's in Acts chapter 9. 
Jesus showed up. He actually saw Jesus. Jesus talked to him. He heard Jesus. Then we've got Peter, the Apostle Peter, who I think I'm most like because I stick my foot in my mouth all the time, and that's what Peter did all the time, all the time. But Peter went to work one day to catch fish and earn a living, and just like that day, just before, just like everything else, he thought this was going to be a normal day, and then all of a sudden, this guy comes up and says, follow me. And he drops it all and follows him. That's crazy talk, but that happened. He was going about his daily life, and God said, no, it's time for you to change now. You're no longer a fisher of fish, you're a fisher of men. And so he bumped into Jesus, and that happened. And what about the Samaritan woman? She walked by herself to fill jugs. Remember I talked about her a couple weeks ago? She walked by herself because it was the middle of the day, or noon of the day, and she was not accepted by anybody. She was an outcast. And she was just going about her daily life because her daily life was a little different than everybody else's. And Jesus showed up, literally, in her life and came to her and offered her the living water. And her life completely changed. Completely changed. You might be thinking about the time when Jesus came and arrived in your life. He showed up. This is the guy that I most reflect. I know that I said I'm like Peter, but I'm not tall. I think Peter might have been taller than me. So Zacchaeus, the other guy I talked about a couple weeks ago. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, he showed up in his life. Zacchaeus had no idea what was going to happen. He thought he was going about his regular day and heard Jesus was coming by, remember? And as Jesus is coming, he, he had to climb in a tree. That would have been me because I couldn't see over the crowds. Whenever I go to movie theaters, I hate when that tall person sits right in front of me. Bam! Every time. So Kelly offers to move with me and then somebody else tall sits there. I don't know. I can't win. But he had to climb a fig tree. <laughs> I need a, what do you call a booster seat? Uh, Zacchaeus climbed a fig tree to even catch a glance. He had no idea that Jesus was going to stop. Says so Zacchaeus, and talked to Zacchaeus. And it changed Zacchaeus' life. And he went to Zacchaeus', Zacchaeus house for dinner. And he was given a hard time over that. Remember, we talked about that. Because tax collectors weren't liked very much either. And what about when a man was possessed by demons and chained hand and foot and had, had no hope? Remember they went across the water and uh, they get over there and there's this guy just going crazy. Basically, he's naked and he's cutting himself and they couldn't keep him, they couldn't keep him chained. He'd break his chains and, and he was possessed. We find out he was possessed with multiple demons. And Jesus showed up. And Jesus showed up and set him free. And his life completely changed from that point on. Jesus showed up. I remember when Jesus showed up in my life. Things were a lot different. At first, it didn't feel so much like that. I did feel better, but I didn't feel like I was changed. As I've gone through my life with Christ, I've realized and seen all the things he's done and where he has shown up. I'm by far not perfect right now. I'm getting better. I'm learning more. But I'm going to tell you, as your pastor, I still make mistakes. But that's how I learn best, I think. That's how many people learn, by making mistakes. I don't know if any of you have a testimony about any of this kind of stuff, but when you're thinking about it, it's something you can share with people. So I want to ask you, how has God shown up unexpectedly in your life? Think about that for just a moment. How has God shown up unexpectedly in your life? Can you think of anything? I can think of too many. 
So my brain starts going crazy. But I can think specifically, maybe one time when Kelly and I were, we first came to Chapel Grace, we first came here and it was December-ish, I think it was December, and Kelly got really, really sick and we had to go to the hospital. We didn't have any money, but we had to go. And then we get this big bill and do you know what happened? Somebody gave us the money and paid for it for us. Somebody paid for it for us. God showed up. I, want to, I didn't even pray for that. He just showed up and gave it to us. Believe me, I was very thankful for that. So how has he shown up unexpectedly in your life? I bet your mind's thinking about it right now. You're probably going through and going, yeah, I got that one. I could probably have people come up here if you were brave enough to come up, stand, and give your testimony. But we've only got two more minutes left of the service. Just kidding. Well, we do. God can show up. The point I'm trying to make, and I think you got this by now, is God can show up at any situation, at any moment. And it's often when we least expect it. More than not, it's when we least expect it. When we think it's going to happen, he's definitely going to be here right now. It doesn't happen, does it? So we need to be keep watch and be ready. And how do we do that? Look at Romans chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. Romans chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. You can write it down if you want to. I'm going to read it to you. We can learn from somebody who had just talked about the Apostle Paul. And he wrote to the church in Rome. So 12, 12 through 13. So Romans 12, verse 12 and verse 13. Paul says this. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So he just gave us five things that we can do while we can keep watch and do while we're here. Be joyful in the hope you have that Jesus is coming back for you. Be joyful in the fact that Jesus has died for you. Be joyful in hope. Once you lose hope, there's not a lot that goes on behind that. So be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Do you know what affliction means? Like when you've got something happening, you have to be afflicted with a disease or afflicted with something else happening. So when, that, when something happens in your life and you're afflicted, it's, it's just messing your life up. Be patient in the middle of that. Because God can show up. He showed up for Tim, right? He showed up for um, everybody else that might have been thinking about maybe, maybe not. He showed up for Joe. He can show up for you too. Be faithful in prayer. It's another thing Paul said. Be faithful in prayer. Not just eating, not just before you eat. <laughs> be faithful in prayer, like being a, a, be ready to pray at any moment, all day long, every day. All day. But I only ask you if you're driving, keep your eyes open when you pray. I've said that before. At least you laugh. Thank you for laughing at that. I appreciate that. I know. Huh? So faithful in prayer. Prayer, 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 prayer. We can't say it enough. And this is something you might not have thought about. Sharing with those in need. We can get ready by sharing, those, sharing with those in need. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? And then this last one is practice hospitality. Be ready to welcome people into your home, into your life. And I've said this before, life is messy. People are messy. And when you welcome people into your home and into your life, it can get messy. 
but that doesn't mean that God's not there. And in, this, in those moments, sometimes you can see God more than any, any other time. I was really hoping that as I preached this, Lord, uh, that the Lord would just go, oh, and I would be screaming and yelling and jumping around. But I just think this is so important that we understand Jesus could come at any moment. Do you get that? There's, there's a video that, that Pastor Mike showed me, and I, can't, I, don't, I couldn't find it, but it's of a congregation of a pastor preaching. Have you guys ever, you might have seen this one. If you've been here at Chapel Grace for any amount of time with Pastor Mike when he was here, uh, you would have seen it. And it, the guy's preaching, 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 and all of a sudden this big boom comes just like that. And, everybody, and, and people disappear. And they're like, whoa, pastor disappears. Because it happens like that. I talked to you, we think, we, we think about it, it's going to be something that we're going to, we're going to visualize and see. Wow, look at all those graves opening up and all those people going up. And then we're going to, it's going to be fast, instantaneous. And people, when you practice hospitality, you invite them into your life. And I don't know about you, but some people I've invited in my life, it's been really hard. But God has always been there and been faithful to pull me through that, and to show me what to do, to, to build boundaries, to make boundaries. But there's no reason I shouldn't do that. There's no reason you shouldn't do that. Now, obviously, before you can even do all of those things, you need to have Jesus. So you can't really, you can try and do those things without him. But you're so much better at it, I guess, or easier to do it with him. What I mean by that is Jesus said he came to die for us. And he said he came to rescue the sick, not those who didn't need it. Everybody is sick of sin, right? I just, um, God is just flooding my mind with people that I love and that I haven't been able to share the gospel with effectively like I'd want to. Thank you. But I pray that we would share the Lord's goodness with as many people as we can. This is kind of getting to a, a close here, I promise. I've only got three more pages to read. I'm just kidding. I don't have any pages to read. But. So let me, let me just say this. Let's not get, up, get caught up in the details that we aren't supposed to know. Right? We can live in peace by knowing... We, we can live in peace knowing the future belongs to the Father and to the Son. And that's enough. Let's live in expectant hope. Let's live like it's going to happen at any moment. Any moment. I could be mid-talking mid it could happen like that. You know, God can show up in any situation at any moment, and that's his pattern throughout Scripture, throughout church history, and throughout our lives. Let's be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, sharing with those in need, and practicing hospitality. What if we became known as a church that does those things? Let's pray. Father, I just ask that you be with each and every one of us. Lord, I don't feel some days I don't feel worthy to be doing things for you. But it's not based upon my goodness. It's not based upon me. It's based upon you. And God, you empower me to live for others. You empower me to live for you. God, may I live every day as though this is the day you were willing to come back.
May I live every day ready to share you with as many people as I come in contact with. God, I'm openly admitting that I don't always do that. Even I get scared and don't want to talk to somebody. But God, may you give us the boldness. May you give us the courage. May you give us the words to say when the time comes. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you'd be with each and every person in this room and listening online are going to watch this later. And, Father, if there's anyone that has not received your son Jesus as Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do that today. Because we know through the word that he's the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except by him, by Jesus. And so, Father, if there's anyone that needs to receive Jesus, I pray that they would do that today. I pray that they would pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come in my life and save me. Jesus, I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. You are my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it's in Jesus' precious name I pray, and we all say, Amen.
loud out there. I think it's because everybody's trying to get out of here. Hey, be quiet back there. Anyway, let's pray. And uh, I know some people are anxious to get out of here, so let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this day together. I pray, Lord, for all of those who are here today. I pray, Lord, that you do work in their life. God, I know that you've done something for me, and you do something for me daily. But God, most of all, I would love to see those around me come to see Jesus. And so, Lord, will you guide us? Will you direct us? Will you take us to the places we don't expect? And the times when we don't expect, will you just will we see you show up? God, we trust you. With his Jesus' name I pray. Amen. By the way, I was joking about yelling at him. Sorry about that, guys.